0: We'll turn, if you would, this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians. It's right before 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. Third book written by Paul first one was 1 Thessalonians, then 2 Thessalonians, and then 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my... Preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you, Father, for the opportunity to preach your word. And I pray, O God, that the power of this word would come forth today, Lord. May I submit myself unto you, O God, that your kingdom would come and your will be done, O God, Father God speak through me today, O God, and may I simply be the mouthpiece that you use this morning, O God, to touch this congregation, minister to their hearts, their minds, their body and their souls. in Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen, you may be seated. I want to tell you this morning <laughs> I want to tell you this morning that the Christian life is not just a life of song and music and feel good ministry but the Christian life this morning is a life of power it's a life of authority it's a life that when I'm weak he's strong it's a life that's not by power not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And that spirit, that spirit of God, that power in God is enough that changes everything that we do. Thursday morning, Kathy and I got up and we went down to Beaumont because we had people in hospitals. And we went to visit. And we went down there to visit Terry and Heather. They were in St. Elizabeth Hospital. And we went down there and visited with them for a little while. and, And we found out that Heather's grandmother was in Baptist hospital and they had brought her down there to die. Did you hear me? They said she was septic. Her body temperature was 88 degrees. Her heart rate was irregular. Her blood pressure was like like 90 over 50 or 85 over 50. 90 over 40, thank you. See that was like it. <laughs> 90 over 40. They said that she was in the final throes and they just brought her down there to die. We entered into the room. Everybody was quiet. Some, I think her, her mother was weeping. We got in there. We talked for a minute. And then we said, we came down here to pray. So we gathered around and we began to pray. And as we began to pray, the power of God came into that death camp. The power of God moved into that room. The Holy Spirit began to be in our prayers. You could feel the difference in the prayer as we prayed. We walked out of that room with no change visibly, but we knew that the room had changed. We knew that something was different. We knew that the power of God was there, and when the power of God is in a room, then his kingdom comes, and then his will is done By that afternoon, she was talking, and the next morning, she went home. The next morning, she went home. Yes, ma'am? After we left, she woke up and spoke. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not just in word and deed, but in power and in authority. And, 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 And I want you to catch this this morning. That, that the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of power, of authority. Whenever we submit to God and we begin to let God rule our lives, then it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's, you know, mm. there, there's a lot of truth. There, there is a lot of truth in, in the words that we speak being very important. We don't want to speak negatively about things. We don't want to to speak about things that are just always gloom and despair. We don't want to complain. We don't want to be one who's continually bellyaching about our situation. And it it is very true that the words that we speak are very important to what, what happens. If you're always talking about negative things, if you're always saying, well, yeah, but then your 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 attitude of com- of of complaining your attitude of not being complacent your attitude of not being satisfied your continual attitude of not expecting God to do anything you know we prayed but we did this, but, and, and that kind of thing, I, I know we don't want to have that, but I, I want to tell you something, in Christian circles, now listen to me closely, because I don't want you to confuse what I'm fixing to say. In Christian circles, we have taken and we have put in too much, put in, we have put, not putting put too much power in our words. Somehow we think our words can suddenly overcome the power of God. And here's what I'm talking about. I was in a room with somebody in in the last five years, and I said, let's hurry up and go. I'm starving to death. And you know what she told me? No, don't speak like that. Don't say you're starving to death. Why? I am. My belly button's about to touch my backbone. I got to do something. But she said, don't speak negative like that. Just say I'm hungry, but don't say I'm starving to death. Don't say my feet are killing me because you're speaking negatives. You're speaking curses on yourself. I want to tell you something. I'm under the power of Jesus Christ. I'm under the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if my feet are killing me, hurting, then I can say my feet are killing me without being afraid that my feet are suddenly going to kill me. I'll die when God says I'll die. Amen. Putting all this, pa- oh, we got to pray the right prayer. We got to say the right things. We got to, we got to, we got to confess the right thing. We got to say it exactly right, you know. We got to get the, we got to, we got to, we got to pray over the very doctor thing. We got to say, oh Lord God, we pray God that you would not, God not just. We pray that you would touch this mesothelio, my Lord God. Just pray for God to heal. He knows what he's doing. He understands what's in that body. He's got that figured out. I don't have to make sure. He, hey, God, in case you didn't know, I mean, I know it's a big word. Maybe you're not sure about it, so I'm going to tell you what it is. That way I know you can heal it because I've shown that I know what it is. And somehow we think that our words, now, I, like I said, you know, there's, there's truth in that, Right? I mean, you want to you pray positively, you want to speak positively, you want to you do things right. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But, but if you think that somehow you're going to say the wrong words and God's not going to heal them because you said cancer and you didn't say mesoth- or car- car- carcinoma, Lord God, they didn't get healed because I didn't know it was a carcinoma. Oh, my word. I said it wrong. I said mesothelioma and it's a carcinoma. Now, oh, that's my fault. God didn't heal them. I'm telling you, you're putting way too much confidence in yourself. You're putting way too much confidence in yourself. Your confidence needs to be in the healing power of God, not whether or not you know all the technical terms. It's power and authority of God Almighty that's going to do the work. Hallelujah. The children of Israel... Let me start back at the beginning so you'll get the whole story. There was a woman whose name was Vashti. And she had a husband, and the Bible calls him a hazarus, but his real that's a title, his real name was Astages. And the had a party. For 125 states that he was king over, and he invited them there, and for six months they ate and drank and partied. Now, some of you thought when you were in the world you could party, but I bet none of you didn't go to work for six months and partied. They had a party that's beyond parties. They partied for six straight months, and at the end of six straight months, they had partied over everything they could party about, they had thought about everything they could do, so a Stages gets a bright idea, he says, Hey, Call Vashti and tell her to come in here and dance naked. Let's do that now. We've done everything else. Call Vashti, tell her to strip down, come in here and do a little dance for us. And Vashti said over my dead body, I'm not doing that. You and your little drunken friends can go get somebody else. you got a hundred harem girls. Go get them. I ain't doing it. Well, Stages got mad and he fired her from being queen. So then they had a beauty contest. Are you still with me? They had a beauty contest. And a little Jewish girl named Hadassah, whose who's who's, who's, uh, Medo-Persian name was Esther, she was selected and made queen. Y'all got this? So stages, who is an Iranian, married Esther, who is a Jew. How would that work today? And they produced a son, and his name was Cyrus. And Cyrus released the children of Israel from Medo-Persian captivity, Babylonian captivity. He released them to go back to the land of Israel. So Cyrus released them and he sent them with all the Jewish stuff. He sent them with all the vessels. He sent them with all the stuff so that they could rebuild the temple and he told the people living in the area, you give them all the funds, all the money they need to rebuild the temple and so they went down there and they started rebuilding the temple but there was some guys down there who didn't want it to happen so they sent word back to the emperor, hey, these people are rebuilding the walls and they're going to revolt. Well, Cyrus had died and now a guy named Cambyses was, was Medo Persian emperor. And he told him to stop building. And because he told him to stop building, that foundation down there, that temple, laid vacant through Cambyses, Histopus, to a guy named Darius Histopus. Now, some of you know Darius Histopus from the movie 300 because his name was Xerxes. And he's the guy that, that went against um, King Leonidas. At Thermopylae. Am I making a brain cell? I know I'm giving you a lot of names. So, King Darius, he was king. God raised up a couple of prophets Haggai, Zechariah, who came and said, Why are you, this is what they said. Now, in the King James Version, it says, Why are you sitting on your lees while my temple is unbuilt? But what we would say today is, why are you sitting on your behind doing nothing, living in your nice air-conditioned house while my house lays dormant? What are you doing? And so they went out there and they started building again because Haggai booted them. And they got out there and started building again. And when word got back to Darius... Then Darius searched the, searched the rolls, and they found where Cyrus had said build, and now whenever they got out there, what did they find out? They found out that if they wouldn't have rested on their own power and said, oh, well, the king says we got to stop, but if they'd have kept building, then that temple would have been finished earlier. And sometimes we quit because we think, oh, well, we can't do this, or oh, oh, they've given us a bad report. Oh, this has happened, that's happened. The bank said we can't have the money. The bank that we don't we don't know what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Get down on your knees, find out what Jesus is saying. Whenever you find out what his he's saying, then march by the power of God, because the answer is not in your abilities, not in your power, not in your authority, but it's in the power of God Almighty, who pours out his Holy Spirit with measure and he can move things that you can't move and he can do things that you can't do if you let his spirit work within your soul. My God. Quit telling the Lord what your limit is. Quit telling the Lord where your limit's at. But Paul said when I come to see you, I'm going to come against those people who are against me. And I'm going to find out not the power of their words, but the power of their authority. Because God's not looking for a man who can put together eloquent words. There's a a lot, a lot of people that you could have in this pulpit that can preach prettier sermons. That can preach, that can put together something homiletically, hermeneutically, philosophically, theologically and I just want to tell you something. It's not how pretty you can preach the book. It's can you make the book work? I said it's not how pretty you can pray a prayer. It's does your prayer have any power. It's it's not how pretty you can put together a a nice three-point plan. It's whether or not your words can make something come to pass because God Almighty is looking for a man that he can show mighty in his behalf. But that man is a man who is a man of faith who says if God said it, I can do it and that's all I need to know. He'll work out the details, hallelujah, because it's the power of God. lives in your heart. It's power and authority. When Jesus saved me, he gave me power over all the works of the devil. He gave me power over all the works of the devil. And I'm going to tell you right now, the only powers that's working inside of me right now Are things of self that I let be there because I'm still, I still have a carnal mind. And my mind still sometimes wants to do things it's not supposed to do. But the Bible says that if I walk in the spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And all power and all authority have been given to the child of God. And if I have faith in God and confident in what he says to do, and I simply pray and do as he does it, then I'll find that he, all things work together for good to those who know the Lord and to those who are the called according to his purpose and if I quit worrying about myself and my image and what I'm saying and what I'm doing and I simply begin to speak under the power and the authority of the almighty God, his Bible says by his stripes I am healed. His Bible says all things are possible. We we always want to have every little detail lined up. Okay, we got, we got this signed out. We know who the banker is. We know how much money we need. We know who the engineering company is. We've chosen our contractor. We got everything figured out. We got it all under control. We got it in a nice little bag, nice little gift wrap package. We just know exactly how God's going to do it. We got it all. We, man, we're, we're, we're cooking with gas now, baby. We're cooking with gas. We got this figured out. And I want to tell you something. You can figure out things all you want. You can figure out things all you want. But it's God that's going to give the final answer. The Bible says if you even say, well, tomorrow next year, next, tomorrow, we're going to go to town and next year we're going to go here and next year we're going to do this and next year we're going to do that. And we got all these plans and all these things we're going to do. The Bible says you should say, if God wills, we will. Because just like Aaron said this morning, you don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. All your nice little plans may fall apart today. You may go home today and round the corner and see fire trucks in front of your house. You may go home today and round the corner and see an ambulance pulling away from your next door neighbor. You don't know what awaits you the, day, the moment you live, leave this room. You, may, you, may, you could even have a heart attack right now slough down in that pew and it'd be over. You'd mess up my sermon, but it may be over. You don't have any assurance of anything. But I do have an assurance of this. God is able to do exceeding abundant above what I can ask or think according to the power that works within me. Oh, hallelujah, according to the power that works within me. I promise you, I won't die one day before I'm supposed to. I have an appointed day with death should Jesus tarry and I don't think he will, but if he does, I have an appointed day with death and I plan on living all of those days and as long as I'm living them in his power and his authority, then there's no weapon of the devil that can cut my days short because I don't live under his power. I don't live upon his authority. I keep him under my feet, under my feet, under my feet. I'm telling you this morning, we we give the devil way too much power. We give him way too much credit. I don't, sometimes I wonder if I should even speak his dumb old name. Because that name devil means accuser. Satan means adversary. Every time I say his name, I'm reminding myself that he's my accuser. Every time I say Satan, I'm reminding myself that he's my adversary. I'm wondering sometimes if I should even speak his name. If I should say, well, the devil's just been attacking me. Well, attack back. Call those things that are not as though they were. Though the enemy comes in like a flood, I've lifted up a standard against him to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Give him way too much credit. The devil, we give the devil credit for things that we do. Well, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did it because you wanted to do it. If the devil made him do it, that makes you the devil. That was a joke. Nobody laughed, but it was funny to me. Because we have power and authority over all the works of the devil. We have power and authority. Now I I know that this morning when I got up, I walked to the coffee pot, poured me a pot of coffee, or poured me a cup of coffee, not the whole pot, just a cup. Then I reached for my little pill jar. And I took my little Metformin and I took my little amplotidine, or whatever that thing is, my high blood pressure. I know I took them. I did. But when I took them, I said, Father God, thank you that I don't believe you laid your back open on Calvary's whipping post for me to take a pill. I believe healing is in the blood of Jesus Christ and in his stripes. And I DON'T BELIEVE HE DID IT SO I CAN TAKE A PILL. SO GOD, I PRAISE YOU RIGHT NOW THAT YOU'RE HEALING ME FROM THIS, THAT THERE'S GOING TO COME A DAY THAT I'M NOT GOING TO TAKE THESE ANYMORE, BECAUSE I AM GOING TO BE COMPLETELY WELL. BECAUSE THAT'S WHAT, when WHEN THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL, WHENEVER THEY LEFT OUT OF EGYPT, THE BIBLE SAYS TWO THINGS ABOUT THEM. IT SAYS THEY LEFT OUT OF THERE WITH A POCKET FULL OF MONEY, AND THEY SAID NOT ONE OF THEM WAS SICK. THERE WAS ABOUT 4 MILLION OF THEM THAT LEFT, AND I'M TELLING YOU, THEY ALL LEFT WELL, AND I PLAN ON LEAVING THIS EARTH WELL I plan on leaving this, now I'm taking pills right now, I am, but I'm taking them in faith knowing that God is the healer of my body and I don't plan on making a history out of them. I said, I don't plan on making a history out of them. I take them I take them because right now I need it but I'm telling you I believe Jesus is healing my body and if I'm taking these pills when I die it doesn't make any doesn't make Jesus's healing power any less because I'm going to still take it in faith knowing that Jesus Christ is the healer of my body and the day that I die if that's the day that I get my healing then I still get to stick my tongue out and say nana nana woo woo I'm healed now perfectly nothing you can do about it It's power and authority. Power and authority. And that power and authority comes through the power of the Holy Spirit that works in our lives. In in Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Let me me look at it. Sometimes I get these stories confused. Let let me look at it. Haggai, Zechariah chapter four, there it is. In Zechariah chapter four, it tells me, he asks Zechariah in verse two, what do you see? And Zechariah looks and he said, "Behold, a candlestick all of gold, with a bowl on top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are at the top thereof, and the two olive trees by it, one upon the right side and one upon the left side." When we go down to verse eleven, it says, "Then I answered and said, What are these two olive trees?" It's the side of the candlestick he answered, "These are the two olive branches which through the golden pipes empty themselves of the golden oil, empty the golden oil out of themselves into these two olive trees. And he answered and said, No, is that what these be. He said, No, these are the two anointed ones which stand by the Lord of the whole earth. What I wanted you to see in that passage is that there's a golden candlestick. It's got bowls full of oil and then it's got pipes and these pipes go down and in this particular case these pipes are emptying down at the base of these two trees, these two olive trees and, the, and it's, it's, it's putting oil down upon those trees. And what, what I want you to understand about this is that the power of God that maintains these trees is through the oil And the power of God that maintains you in difficult trying circumstances is the power of the Holy Spirit. Oil almost always represents the Holy Spirit. It's golden oil. It's definitely the power of the Holy Spirit and it's the power of the Holy Spirit that sustains you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that you pray through. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that touches your soul. It's the power of Holy Spirit that makes it joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that begins to move within you and give you hope, gives you peace, gives you you joy, so that whenever you're praying for someone who is septic and on their last breath, and it looks like they're going to die any moment, you can speak to death and say, in the name of Jesus, let them go. Let them go. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your being. Jesus told the disciples, don't you begin to work for me till you tarry in Jerusalem and you get baptized with power from on high. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that works within your soul. Whenever you get saved, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and he seals that salvation so that you know that what you were doing wrong before, you won't do anymore. It changes everything with you. It begins to give you power to overcome the drinking habit, and the smoking habit, and the fornicating habit, and the, the drugging habit, and all the habits that you picked up through your flesh. It begins to give you power to overcome all the works of the devil. And then there's a second definite work that happened to the disciples 10 days later as they were baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and they began to be filled with another power that sustained them so that Paul could stay in prison for five years with something he didn't do and he said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I can do all things who Christ who strengthens me. He could say these things. Why? And in the book of 2 Timothy, as he's dying, he said, as he's going to his death, he said, no man stood with me at my second admonition, but the Lord stood with me, and he will always stand with me, and I will be victorious. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the course. How can you say that, Paul? Because it's the power of God that was working life in him, and it's the power of God that works life in you. Stand with me this morning if you would. Aaron, would you come to the piano, please? You don't have to you don't you don't have you don't have to be blown around you don't have to live a defeated life you don't you don't you don't have to be in that position I'm not gonna tell you it's always roses and I'm not gonna tell you it always works out like you think but I am gonna tell you this it always works out to the glory of God When people tell me, well, everything has a reason. Everything happens for a reason. If you tell me that, I'm going to say, what's the reason? Because that's true. Everything happens for a reason. And that reason is to glorify God. That is the reason. So if you tell me everything happens for a reason, and I say, what is that reason? You need to tell me to glorify God because that's why this is going on. Either that or you're praying, you're, you're not even in the will of God, one of the two. If you're in the will of God and you're going through a hardship and a trial and a trouble and a struggle, then you know that God is timing this. You know that God is tempering it. You know that it's come through the hands of God, and you know that at the end, you're going to come out stronger than what you started out. When Brother Martin gets through playing with this little trial he's playing with, he's gonna be stronger than he was when he started. He's gonna be more, he's gonna be like David. When when Michael told David, well, wasn't the king of Israel beautiful dancing out there in front of all the women with his clothes undone so they could see his underwear. He said, you know what, next time I dance, I'll be worse. I'll be more vile, because I'm not dancing for your pleasure, I'm dancing under the Lord. Some of you need to dance unto the Lord once in a while. Just dance unto Him. You know, when I was, and I know you're standing, I I need to quit. But since my daughter's here, when when she was living at home, every now and then I'd start dancing. And her and her brother would always say the same thing Oh, Dad, don't do that. That's ridiculous. Dad, you can't dance. Dad, stop, please, please stop. But when I dance for my Heavenly Father, I look just as ridiculous to you because Sister Barbara's told me so. I know I look just as ridiculous to you as I did to them, but I'm no longer dancing just for fun. I'm dancing before God. I'm letting that power crucify my flesh. I'm letting that power make me a new man. I'm letting that power put, put, put joy within my feet. I'm letting that power turn my spirit over. I'm letting that power open up a new well that's flowing and, and moving out all the doubt and, and disillusionment and everything. I'm working with a new power and a new authority and I'm gonna dance and praise and worship. Why? Because he loved me. If you need, if you need prayer this morning, if you've got a situation, maybe you need deliverance from something. Maybe you need salvation. Maybe you just want to experience the power of God. I just want to experience that power. If that's you this morning, then I want to tell you, you're about maybe 10 or 15 steps away from your miracle. You're about 10 or 15 steps away from the glory of the Lord just overpowering. You're about 10 or 15 steps away from God riding every path and making everything straight. Oh, it, like I said, I'm not going to tell you it's not going to be without hardships. It, it might be. It might be. It might be. But it's a hardship that's been timed and tempered by my Heavenly Father. And I'm going to be victorious at the end of this thing no matter what you say. Because it's the power of God that works works everything out of my life. And if that's you tonight and you need the Lord, then make your way down. Go ahead and make your way down here this morning. We're going to pray for you this morning and see God move in your life. If nobody moves, it's okay. I know I've delivered what the Lord gave me, and I'm good. So this morning, as Aaron leads us, if you need prayer, make your way down. like to come down and pray with somebody then feel free to leave your seat make your way down pray with somebody if you're in your seat just lift your hands this way and agree with us in prayer as we pray over these needs me for just a moment. I want, you to, I want you to make a quick declaration with me before we leave here this morning. Would you repeat this after me? I know my Father that with you Nothing shall be called impossible. I know that if I think your thoughts and if I speak your words, then all things are possible to him that believes. I know, my Father, that no weapon formed against me (laughs) will prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment. I shall condemn for this is the heritage of the saints I know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and though I may fall six times your spirit will pick me up seven for I will be who you said I could be and I will do what you said I can do and I will prosper in every area that you have promised and there is no power and there is no principality above the earth in the earth or beneath the earth that can stop the will of God and I receive that will because I know That when I am weak, (laughs) that you are strong. And I know that I will have what I have asked for. For you said if I ask that I will receive. That if I seek, I will find. And if I knock, it shall be opened. And I receive this In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Leave out of here today knowing that you've got power. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, don't you wilt. You put that shield up and say, in the name of Jesus, it won't be so. It won't be so. You have that heritage. You have that heritage. Heavenly Father, thank you today, O God. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your direction. And now we pray, Almighty God, rest our bodies this afternoon and bring us back tonight at the appointed hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.